So the old saying goes, winning isn't everything, it's the only thing. Welcome to For Fuck's Sake this Monday evening in the Brunswick Sharehouse Studios. My name is Jason, I'm the co-host. Uh, Dave is absent, the chief analyst of For Fuck's Sake, he will not be here. I think some kind of family commitment, so it's just Buds and I in the uh, studios today, the man of the people, Buds. Hello mate. What's happening mate? Everyone loves a winner. <laughs> yeah, finally. I love them more than most, so I'm back on, season's back. I am so relieved that we actually are uh, talking about a win for the first time in two months, or well, really, when, when you think about it, probably going back even six months because we haven't won a game of football in about six months. Did we win an FFA Cup? Oh, uh, we did. Possibly, we, we, I think but we won. In one a of game them. that matters, it would have been the semi-final. Yeah, so it's that been we scraped in. It's been about six or seven very long months without a win to talk about. So it makes our jobs a little bit easier as podcasters. How was the weekend? Big, big. What were you up to? Um, Friday night went out mm-hmm. with the missus. Then Saturday went to a first birthday party, but it was a Bosnian first birthday party, so it was a lot of beer. Yep. Then I went out to a twenty seventh after that, and found my way to a Latin nightclub, and then found my way to a. I found. Do you know the Supper Inn, the Chinese restaurant? Oh yeah, I went there about two weeks ago. Yeah, I was, real. I was there at like two a.m. ordering yeah, a yeah. suckling pig. It was like. My life had peaked. So I had the crispy chicken at the supper in about three weeks ago. It uh, gave me dreams. I was when you find yeah, when you find your way there in yeah. the AM, it's been a good night. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's one of Melbourne's finer. No Latin festival yesterday for you? No, no, no. I was all Latin out after the yeah, club yeah. on Saturday night. So <laughs> I can't even remember yesterday. It was such a big night. Yeah, I think the uh, the suckling pig gave me dreams too. It was a hard mm. one, hard to wake up. Yeah, it's a brilliant place. You haven't been down to the supper in. Give them a go. Get around are, it. They are pretty good in Chinatown. Uh, yeah, Dave isn't here. He's, uh, I think he's looking after the kids. He's a busy man. He's always busy. He's always He'd busy. love the supper in too. He would, would have loved it. <laughs> he loves any kind of food, really, <laughs> doesn't he? Uh, he would also love to be here because uh, he was watching the game with intent yesterday. And the loving that he had for Jai Ingham was something else. We'll talk about he, that. He was waxing on. lyrical about Jai. Yeah, so uh, he'll be spewing these missing out in this episode. Uh, but we have called in for reinforcements. There's no one in the studio today, but we have got uh, a big name on the show. Daniel Garb, the uh, Fox Sports host, is joining us on the show. Um, he was at the game yesterday. A Perth boy was covering the match. So we'll talk to him about... Uh, the start of victory season of the game yesterday and also a bit of the Socceroos stuff because I believe that he was on the... Uh, he was on the flight back? Yeah, the flight back from Honduras. So he was there with all the uh, the Space Age spectacles. We'll chat to him about what's uh, what was the go there. Uh, we'll also have a listener Q&A. So we will ask for your questions, or we did ask for your questions on Twitter, and we'll discuss a few uh, things there, including Mitch Austin's injury and a possible injury replacement. And then we'll look ahead to the uh, match against Newcastle on Thursday night against our former bogey side. Music theme, uh, I hate ACDC, but Malcolm Young died over the weekend. Kind of have to. Kind of have to do ACDC. So you I'll hate pick, ACDC? Yes, I think... Maybe I'd like them if they weren't boganized, but I'm not into them. Yeah, they're pretty associated with 
Ford Performance Racing and Jim Beam yeah. cans and things like that. <laughs> yeah. Even on the the tram right here, uh, when I was preparing for the uh, the music theme, I listened to just the screech of that lead singer. Is it Angus Young? Is that the the lead singer? Bon Scott. Bon Scott. Well, yeah, I think he died. I'm not sure. Yeah. Not sure he was. Brian, Brian Johnson. Oh, maybe. yeah. I think so. And it's just no good. I just don't like it. Yeah. But look, when it when it was on the other day, they were pumping it, so I pumped it on the radio, and I'm like. I know I'm doing the right thing, but this doesn't feel right. So. Yeah. Uh, but don't let that that's, uh, stop you from the enthusiasm of a Vuck's sake. There'll be this plenty week, of Vuck's that love it. Yeah, this week uh, is going to be ACDC. So let's get into it. This is for Vuck's sake. First sponsor of a buck's sake is Ambrosia Fold Designs. You can find them at Unit One, Number Eighteen, Tal- uh, Assembly Drive in Tullamarine, as seen on the Block and Married at First, first Sight. Yeah, great TV shows there. Uh, they specialise in all things floral, weddings, and corporate events, and they also offer floral workshops, which make great gift ideas. You can contact Leanne on nine double three eight three six zero nine and mention FBS to get a discount off your next order. Finally, a win. Finally, a win to talk about. Melbourne victory to uh, Perth Glory nil. So finally, uh, finally victory get on the board in the uh, win, in the win column for the season. Um, the match itself, up until the goals, wasn't anything to write home about. A rather dull start, I thought. But as Dave, uh, you know, put to us in his uh, his notes of the match, these emailed through today. The short, sharp passing was back. So the the signs were better. I, I thought it was a I thought it was still a little bit boring, a little bit frustrating at times, but. The uh, the short sharp passing was back, so we saw start to start to see a little bit of the old victory. It was, it was definitely, and you're right. I um, I don't think we need to touch on the first half. No, first half was pretty garbage. It looked like it was going to be a standard standard Sunday afternoon affair for the old A League, but something happened at half time, and something clicked, and there were signs as as Dave has noted there there were improved signs and there were signs in the first half and we went close a couple of times Bess missed an absolute sitter and I'm glad he was offside when he was uh, mm. it was the quintessential Bess apparition miss wasn't it, it it was it was and I sat there and I thought oh what kind of game are we going to have here because Perth looked like because Perth were ravaged by injury mm-hmm. Castro was out and we thought that was our in and my uh my my thinking was that if this isn't the day that Melbourne victory and the players that come back put a fucking flag in the ground and say this is where the season season turns around, if they weren't going to do that yesterday, then we were actually going to be a steaming sack of crap for the rest of the season. Um, it turned around. It, it was did. good. I was I was really impressed in the second half. Ingham 
we had a chat at halftime and you and I thought Ingham wasn't the saviour that Dave was making him out to be, but... Yes, Dave, Dave was covering the For Fuck's Sake Twitter account on... Uh, it was heaping yes, praise yes. on Jai. Yeah, it was he, going overboard and he was like, all these people getting into me about Jai. And it's like, well, <laughs> he hasn't been great, but he hasn't been completely crap either. But then he... He flicked the switch. He flicked the switch and he d- actually gave me my prediction. I predicted that we were going to win 2-1, mm-hmm. but I predicted that Jai was going to set up best. Yeah. And he did. And then Jai went in and set up... What was, he was instrumental he in was the instru- goal. Yeah, it was instrumental in the. He was had his hand in two. Yeah, so instrumental in the second both. goal. Didn't wasn't obviously credited with the assist for the second goal, uh, but yeah, was instrumental in in both uh, both goals there. It, well, I think we're a frustrating team at times to watch because, as I mentioned, the short sharp passing is back, but we don't shoot a lot. So I would. It, it's frustrating to watch when we have all these short passes and kind of get close to. The uh, the box and then don't really muster a shot. Kind of just it just kind of falls through. So that first half was I thought full of that kind of frustrating, no real shots in anger or anything like that. But then, um, yeah, Jaiyan was probably the catalyst in Melbourne victory, really winning the match. The guy who was also instrumental in linking up with Jai, it, it gets a you can tune out in these games. And I think a lot of our fans do. And when you have first halves that are served up like that, you mm-hmm. can tune out pretty easily and then tune back in. James Troisi was really good at linking up with Jai Ingham. It was really noticeable that you had Milligan and Troisi back in the team and then you could deploy Leroy on the left, playing as a left attacking mm-hmm. forward slash winger. We would be a much better side to watch and our efforts would be much more effective if James Troisi could keep his shots on target and down. Yeah, it's it's the it's the main weakness in his game. He's the man who's going to get those shots from outside the box. He's the man that's going to have the deft touch and pirouette when he gets the ball and be able to do things that most of the other guys on the pitch can't do, but his shooting lets him down. And there are a lot of calls for him being absolutely crap, being worst, one of the worst on the pitch yesterday. Worst on the pitch yesterday was Mitch Nichols. We can talk about Perth just <laughs> quickly. They were crap. Kenny Lowe set them up crap. He set them up to counter-attack mm-hmm. with two up front at home. It was just not good. They're in trouble. So I'm really glad we got the three points yesterday. We joke about you know victory, former victory players scoring against the victory, but he was... As much as Jaiyan was instrumental in that first goal, so was Mitch Nichols in giving up the ball. Oh, he was crap. He was crap. And I thought Keo was pretty isolated. Like, we talk about Bess being the most isolated person on the pitch a lot of the time. Andy Keo was the most isolated person on the pitch yesterday. Another superb performance by our defence. I'm going to call it Reese Williams is too good for the A-League. Well, yeah, he's good, but it's all about the, the body holding up. That's injury- probably why he's here. Yeah. He's too good for the A-League, so I, I think he's enjoying his football. He's enjoying the warmer weather, but, geez, I can't see us holding on to him for longer than this year. He is absolutely superb. You reckon he'll go back, possibly overseas? He could. Yeah. yeah. Well, opportunity is going to knock. Yeah. Opportunity is going to knock for sure. Uh, he's playing. He's just playing way above this league at the moment. Uh, Tommy Deng was good. Jace Guerrier was good. Carl wasn't awful. Wasn't awful. Didn't I actually looked up at half time? I didn't follow it up, but full time, he had a lot less touches than his counterpart in terms, or his his partner rather, uh, Mark Milligan. Obviously, Mark Milligan was named man of the match by Fox Sports. So pretty excellent game. 
but he's not getting the same amount of touches and also not covering the same amount of ground as Mark Milligan. The uh, the A League website's actually really, uh, really great for stats and yeah, also showing heat maps and touch maps and things like that and doing it in real time. So I don't realize how great of a resource that was. But having looked at at Valeri, uh, you know, <laughs> funnily enough, last year we said this as well. You don't notice him one way or the other. Maybe that's a good thing. But now that he's you know he's out of form and, and fans know that. Uh, I didn't notice him last last night too much, but I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I was just quiet. Yeah. I think we've noticed how crap he's been. Mm-hmm. So, wins gloss over things like that. But yeah, he definitely, he didn't have to do too much. It was Milligan doing it and he was deserved man of the match. He was superb. I was really waiting for this game from Millsy since his return. And people were saying, oh, these guys, these internationals, they've got one eye on the qualifiers. I think they probably did. Yeah, okay. I think they probably did. Um, he made sure he got through. Now he's now it, he has to play good for us to get his spot. And we should probably talk about that just quickly. He's um, If he was a four-time Olympian, he'd be in the Australian Sports Hall of Fame. He's a four-time World Cup campaigner now. So Mark Milligan? Yeah. Did he play in 06? He was definitely in the squad. He was in the squad. Yeah, yeah. So he's made the squad. Yeah, you're he, right. And he will make this the one. The longevity is unreal. Yeah, he's uh, he's getting better with age. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Another four-time World Cup uh, participant will be Tim Cahill. Do we put him in the, the Australian Sports Hall of Fame? No, you kind of have to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask Daniel Garber about that in a, when we speak to him. I want to talk to him about the, uh, the Tim Cahill making it all about me um, after... After Wednesday or Tuesday nights, uh, was it Wednesday? Wednesday nights Wednesday. qualifier. Mm. Just trying to make it all about himself. The returning styles were good though. Uh, Milligan, I thought Tracy was so-so, but that's only because of the the final product isn't isn't there at all. Uh, there's not too many other complaints, albeit though. Uh, Perth were undermanned. They mm-hmm. lost Castro. Um, a debut was thrown to the uh, the only man who's more Italian than me, Jacob Italiano. Italiano, yeah, he didn't look man. too bad either yeah. at the start. He, well, he ran could, out he could have scored a goal. Could have yeah. scored a goal for yeah, him. Yeah, definitely. So undermanned. So it's hard to know what to read into it because it's not a happy hunting ground for us, Perth. Uh, always difficult to go there and and win away. Um, also, you know, when you throw in the whole Sunday night kind of uh, match as well, it's 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 funny funny that Victory you know don't like the uh, the non primetime games, but they seem to not really get up for those matches. So I think the the odds are stacked against us in in some departments, and others though will hand it a, a pretty soft team to play. So you know what, you can only play who's out in front of you, mm. and we did what we did the job. We got two goals, we got three points, and Kev used three subs. <laughs> and he played youth. Negro and Theoharis both got minutes, albeit yeah, he, a couple. Yeah, he used his three subs, but he used two of them. He made a double substitution, which is, you know, like Haley's comment, once yeah, every 84 years. But he made it in the 88th minute, so he's still not giving time to these people. Yeah, not really. It's, yeah. it's better. At least they might feel a little bit of recognition. He's giving a lot to Jai, though. And do you think that uh, on his recent form, Costa has anything to worry about trying to walk straight back in the team? He has to pick Costa, doesn't he? Yeah, he has to pick Costa because it is it's weird. Like we've, we've talked about the Kevin Kevin Musket boys club before. Joining mm. him is well and truly in that boys club, but I also believe Costa is in that boys club and Costa's probably just higher up in the pecking order. Oh, there. Costa Costa books dinner in yeah. the boys club. Mm. Yeah. So Costa is, you know, he'd be in the, the leadership group of the boys club. Yeah. Yeah. Costa started the group chat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a bully in the uh, in the group chat of the, the boys club. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Costa will be starting. Uh, Jai Ingham, 
you know what it does? It just gives us a bit more hope in terms of depth. Gives the bench a better look, like, yeah. really. But I'm going to just hold off on judgment for Jaim just in the moment. He's played one good game, two okay games. You know, Dave said in our little group chat, he said, you know, Jaim's been good. I said, I wouldn't say good, just less shit. No, Dave said great. Great, yeah. So I wouldn't say great, just <laughs> just less shit than usual. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a little bit, you know, I'm going to hold fire. Very good signs. Uh, but... He's done this before. He's had you know a bit of a purple patch where he might chip in for an assist or a goal, and then he'll go unsided for a month or two. So Jai's jury still out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> do we have votes? We do. We do. So we had a unanimous Mark Milligan for three. Uh, Reese Williams with two. Reese Williams has polled in every single game, and Jai Ingham with his first votes of the season with the one vote. Did you keep track of the votes while you were gone? Yeah, I've I've made the. Uh, yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've made it a Google Doc file, a uh, Drive file now, so everyone okay. we've all got access to it. So we've got Reese Williams on eleven. Yep. Leroy, sorry, Reese Williams on seventeen, leading the charge. Leroy George on eleven, fans' favourite. On the score sheet with a very ugly goal mm. uh, on Sunday. Get him any way you can at this time of where we're sitting, mm-hmm. and then you got Lawrence Thomas on three, Mark Milligan on three. That's about it. It's. Seriously, it's looking like last year again. Mm. Two-horse race between Troisi and Marco Rojas last year is now the two-horse race between Reese Williams and everyone's favourite, Leroy George. Leroy George, the cult hero, the, uh, the best number 41 my Wimpy Tree's ever had. Uh, thanks to everyone who chipped in for the votes. Uh, a reminder, you can do so next week as well on, uh, on For Fuck's Sake Twitter, on For Fuck's Sake Facebook. Uh, so finally a win for the victory, um, hopefully the first of many. There was a friend of mine on murder. Judge's gavel fell. Jory found him guilty. Gave him 16 years in hell. He said, I ain't spending my life here. I ain't living alone. Ain't breaking the rocks from the chain gang. Breaking out and heading home. Gonna make a chain. Sponsor of the of a buck's sake is the Owl IT services. You can contact Pete for help on anything IT related on one eight hundred the Owl one eight hundred eight four three six nine five. Give Pete a call because of the Owl IT services. He gives a hoot. Joining us on the line now is Fox Sports presenter Daniel Garb. He was at the uh, the match last night covering the the game and also is a, a favourite of ours. Has been on the podcast before. Daniel, thanks for coming on. Happy to be with you, mate. I'm uh, just flying back from Perth, in fact, to Sydney. I'm boarding uh, before too long, but I've got a bit of time to chat to you, that's for sure. Thanks very much. I know you're a busy man flying back, so thanks for uh, for coming on. I wanted to ask you just straight off the bat, because uh, we were watching, obviously, back in Melbourne, the, uh, the pre-game coverage of the match against Perth Glory last night, and Kevin Musket seemed to take a bit of an exception to you bringing up victories away record in Perth. How, how do you manage something like that as a, as a person who obviously uh, is a full-time, you know, kind of presenter who interviews people like that and so on, as intimidating as Kevin Musk? Is it water off a duck's back? Uh, it was fine. I mean, I, I know Kev well enough and that's what we love about him. He's happy to uh, 
to give a little bit back to uh, to presenters. He he said he wasn't aware of the stat, and uh, I think it was his way of saying I don't take too much notice of it. But it was fine. It was jovial. It was no. I never once felt as if he was taking serious umbrage with it. Um, it was uh, simply a case of. Uh, I've been having a bit of fun, and he did say to me afterwards, he goes, mate, now you can drop that stat, and he had a big smile after the game, and, uh, and gave me a hug, so there was never any uh, concerns, that it really, I never felt uh, like it was a major problem. You're right, though, was it's not a happy hunting ground for victory fans, uh, for victory, uh, the team, and I think fans were a little bit, uh, I would say a little bit pessimistic about our chances going into this one, considering the form mm-hmm. of victory, and also, um, yeah, just how we've been playing, and, and the fact that it was in Perth, but it seemed like... I wouldn't call victory. I wouldn't say victory a back, but there were signs there that, uh, that with our returning stars, that were not as bad as what the the table may reflect. No, I think it was a really good performance by uh, by the victory. To be honest, we were saying afterwards there isn't a play you could fault. I think Jai Ingham was superb. Mark Milligan was fantastic, man of the match. Uh, Barisha was was excellent. Uh, Leroy George had another uh, brilliant game. Reese Williams at the back, absolutely fantastic against his uh, his old side. It was. Pretty much flawless. Thomas Deng as well from from the victory, and you know they've been close to producing those games, as you guys will know better than anyone. For a number of reasons, just haven't quite clicked this season. Either the opposition's elevated their game, like you know Melbourne City, for example, in the derby, or you know two games without Barisha, that makes a difference. Uh, Theresa and Milligan being out, there's always been something small missing, and the opposition's taken advantage of it. But uh, I think uh, it all just came together yesterday against a team that was down on personnel too. But you know it feels as though victory season starting now. Uh, Milligan back, Treasy back, no real disruptions from here on in. Barisha back, suspension finished, uh, even though he came back last week. You know, they're just about back to full strength now, the victory, with Barbarossa's uh, set to re-enter the ranks too. So I think from here on in, you'll see the victory start surging and, uh, and matching those expectations we had for the preseason, which for mine were to win the title. Have they uh, have they given their competitors too much of a gap though? Obviously, with uh, no. with Sydney and, no, and Newcastle, no, they haven't. It changes so quickly in the attic. They're already back up to six. I mean, obviously, Sydney FC is away, but, you know, while they might not win the minor premiership, they could be in a position to win the title at the end because uh, they've got enough time to uh, to make it up. Um, uh, hang on, bear with me one second. I'm just going through uh, going through to, uh, to board, but I can talk to you once I yeah, no worries. go through the first bit of security. Hang, on, hang over <laughs> with me. Hang on. No worries. We'll wait. We'll wait. said my name called out that's how uh that's how much i'm sacrificing to, to come on the podcast <laughs> we really really do appreciate Perth airport you're you're a favorite um, you're a favorite of ours daniel don't don't worry it's uh it's well appreciated <laughs> no, happy happy to be on no i think they'll be right up there come the end of it i don't there's so much so much time left and uh well they might not win the minor premiership if sydney carry on their merry way they'll be close enough to the mark that's for sure Who's impressed you for the victory this year? I mean, obviously, we have had a lot of players out and have been under man for most mm. of it, but have brought in, uh, obviously, Leroy George, as well as some youth players, uh, namely Christian Theoharis. Uh, who's impressed you the most from victory going into the early parts of the season? Yeah, Leroy George is the main one with three goals to assist, lead the league and complete Because you can't ask for much more from a winger in his first season in the competition. You'll only get better, too, with Treasy back now to take some of the creative burden off him and uh, Barbarous is to come back as well. Reese Williams has been the main one. I think he looks really fit and, and accomplished and confident and the player that we all expected to see upon arrival back in Australia last season didn't quite work at the glory. They had massive issues. He had issues of fitness. It just wasn't the right fit coming back to his hometown club. Uh, but he, he went to a club that uh, took him out of a comfortable environment and challenged him and he's rising to the occasion as we knew he would because he's a classy performer. 
you don't achieve what he's achieved in the game for so many years uh, without doing so. So uh, that was always likely, but he's matched it. And uh, I'll tell you what, I think it's very likely, providing his body can stay secure, which we all hope is the case because he's had a, a wretched injury run before. I think it's a very good chance to be on the plane to Russia with the Socceroos. Huge call. I, I think I agree with that as well. His, uh, his form's been superb so far. I want to touch on the Socceroos because apparently you're on the, the flight with the Socceroos back to, uh, back to Sydney from Honduras. Is that right? No, I wasn't. My oh. colleagues were, but unfortunately I wasn't lucky enough to be on that, uh, that charter flight. I am boarding a Qantas plane now, but not quite of the same magnitude as that one. I'll have to give my, uh, my man who gives me the mail uh, a bit of a... A bit of a smack on that one, uh, but but with the victory though, uh, oh sorry, with the with the soccer is rather, um, how big is that World Cup qualification for the football in general in this country? Do you think it would have been a huge, uh, a huge, I guess, shot to the A League if uh, if uh, the soccer is failed? Yeah, it would have been. I think it would have taken a, a couple of weeks to to get back on board with the A League afterwards, and it would have been a little bit of a morning period, and it would have been hard to get excited about you know watching games locally just because it. It would have just rocked everyone, but you know, even though there was a bit of a, a lull this weekend, maybe at times because it was such a high during the week, it was like a bit of a hangover, if you like, on the weekend, just getting over everything we experienced on Wednesday night, just without the headache. Um, I, uh, I do think there was, you know, the, the weekend wore on. There was a lot more excitement, and now we can talk about players, you know, perhaps putting their hand up for Russia, the likes of Reese Williams, the likes of Danny De Silva, and watching the form of a James Treasy, who might not be a guarantee, you know. Players like that. So it's interesting and exciting and just a massive boost for the game. And everyone had a smile on their face around the ground this weekend because I know the game's in a, in a very secure shape as a result of what the boys in green and gold did. There does seem to be doubt, some doubt, though, about Tim Cahill's future um, in the national setup. And uh, obviously, we hate to talk about Tim Cahill on a victory podcast, but I think it is pretty uh, pretty important because he is he is he leveraging his position at Melbourne City. Do you, ever, do you think he'll actually uh, you know be on a plane to Russia, or will he just is he looking for a new club? What what did you make of his comments? Yeah, I think he's just not quite um, on the same wavelength as Warren Joyce. Or- hearing and those are the murmurs that were around at pre-season and perhaps you know, there's an issue there and you know he's probably just putting some pressure on them to make sure it's, it's all okay because he knows you know when you're 37 almost 38 years of age you need all of your ducks to be in a row to make the world cup you can't have any little thing go wrong at that age so i think he's just trying to put the pressure on in that regard and, and let them know that he needs to be looked after basically and he wants things to be smooth but overall so have to go look for a, another club come january to make sure everything's okay for the final six months before russia and uh, the future of Ange Posikoglu will also be decided this week. He seems to be uh, wanting some uh, some things to change. What's your gut feeling? Does he stay? Yeah, we'll have to wait and see what uh, what happens with uh, with Ange. I think at, at the moment it seems more likely that uh, that he'll go, which would be a, a great shame, of course, considering everything that he's uh, that he's done in in recent times for Australian football and the fact that he's got us for the World Cup and, and got the team going on this mission. I think it's more likely that he. He will leave based on everything we're hearing, but uh, hopefully that won't be the case. Hopefully he'll be able to to say now that the worst is done and the hard part's over and it's time to enjoy the final six months, if you like, of uh, being the Socceroos boss and the friendlies that come with it and then go and finish off the mission with the team um, and uh, finish what he started. I hope that's the case. So I'd be really disappointed if, uh, if uh, it's not, but if that is the way it works out. Um, and Postecoglou would have his reasons and they would be valid. But hopefully forever in Australian football he stays on. The players most certainly want him to. If he does go, I think Kevin Musket's name been, has been banded around as a possible replacement. Mm-hmm. 
on a percentage, what do you think the chances of that happening would be? Yeah, potential. I mean, I was going to ask Kevin that yesterday, but after he, the way he responded to my first question, <laughs> I thought I'd better not. I better leave it out for now. <laughs> yeah, that... um, I think his name will definitely be bandied about. I think Graham Arnold's probably the favourite because of what he's done with Sydney recently. Uh, maybe Tony Popovich comes in back into the frame if it all falls apart in Turkey. But uh, I do think Muskie will be in the reckoning, put it that way. And uh, hopefully he'll go to a local guy. That's my take anyway. I, I think we're always better off with an Aussie who understands the culture and has interest in all levels of Australian football rather than just you know, the fortunes of the national team, which is what a, an international coach might do. So I hope it's one of the Aussie boys that get it. Most certainly. I'll see, I guess we'll uh, see how that all plays out in the uh, the days yeah. to come. Daniel, we'll let you go. I know you're uh, you're just about to jump on a flight. Do uh, Fox Sports put you in uh, in business from the uh, the red eye back to... I am, in a, I am in a nice part of the plane. I'm like... Beautiful. Today, so... Uh, I will enjoy it. Thanks for having me on, though, mate. I appreciate it. No worries. Enjoy the extra leg room and have a safe okay. flight. Thanks, mate. <laughs> will do. Thanks, mate. Dave, his stitch-ups. Daniel Garb on the plane. It's not the first time he's got <laughs> mail wrong. Oh, well. Uh, we're going to do a bit of a Q&A now. So we, we put uh, the call out on Twitter earlier, for fuck's sake, Twitter. If you're not already a follower, jump on board. It's uh, lots of fun. We're very good on Twitter. I think my our form is better on Twitter than it is on Facebook. We do our best, best work on Most Twitter. Certainly. So we, uh, we did ask uh, for the listeners to, uh, to give some questions and we're going to answer a select few now so the first one i'm going to answer though is uh is a few that we came that came through um i'm just trying to find specific people who asked about it uh in regards to the mitch austin injury um uh, firstly let's, let's touch on mitch austin he did his knee uh a few days ago before like during training yeah news came out on saturday morning i, f- I think a few people us included were a bit like oh fuck because we weren't too happy with his form uh, and we didn't necessarily want to see him in the first team set up. No, we addressed it last week yeah. that if Costa was to come back or if, if if there was permeations in the teams, who doesn't deserve their spot? And we thought that Thea Harris did and Mitch Austin was the one that had to make way. Yeah, but no uh, one wants to see it happen like we this. We didn't really want it to happen like this. Mm. And with the injury that he has sustained, we may not see him again in a Melbourne Victory shirt. Devastating. Devastate must be absolutely devastating for the squad. Even to go a little bit further as well, even in a professional A-League jersey, because he has not had a huge amount of opportunities since signing over from Central Coast. Was a probably a pretty solid first 11 player for Central Coast, came across to Melbourne Victory, obviously wanted to play for a bigger club. Uh, doesn't, didn't get the opportunities, and when he did, 
squandered quite a bit of them. Um, so yeah, it's devastating for his career, but um, wishing Mitch a, a fast recovery. He hasn't had a good few weeks. Hopefully he can find some of his best football. Uh, but a question that did come through from Mitch Franco, I'll single out Mitch Franco on Twitter. Do we sign an injury replacement for Mitch? If so, what sort of names are being thrown out there? It's very tough to get someone at this time of year. To come to Australia? To come to, to Australia. To play for small fries? We do have a spot open, a foreign spot open for January anyway. I think we are keeping our powder dry on that one. We do want to sign an Asian player um, in January once the Asian leagues finish. So that aside, I did a bit of research. I saw who's out there, who's available. Yep. Who could we sign as injury replacement? Um, now, the injury replacement rules are cloudy at best. I did try and do a bit of research on the A-League injury replacement rules, and I couldn't really find too much. From memory, though, it, you, you stick around for maybe about three months or so. I can't remember if, if, if you can extend it longer. So I saw who's out there. Um, now, let's talk about this. Uh, I can't pronounce his first name. <laughs> Bakary Sanyo. Bakary Sanyo. Bakary Sanyo. He's yeah. a, a free agent. Uh, could provide something there. Patrice Evra. Ooh, one of my moment, one of my most hated sportsmen until I started following on following his Instagram. Yeah. Absolute gold. Serving a band still though for uh Well, UEFA band. So he's got a UEFA band, can't play in Europe until late two thousand and eighteen, which means he can uh play anywhere else in the world. He was recently in Marseille. So still a decent pedigree, pretty old, thirty six. However, does solve the left back issue. And loves this game. Yeah. Um but he's, he's a man that would go to China or the Middle East and cash in. Oh, for sure. The opportunities he could do with his yeah. Instagram over there and the pandas. <laughs> unbelievable. Sorry, you didn't touch on Sanya either. What are, what are your thoughts on Sanya coming over? Oh, he's way too... He's still way too high profile for coming here. Um, oh, look, you'd, you'd take somebody that's played for Arsenal and Manchester City in recent years. Uh, could we afford him? Probably not. But yeah, good shout for a free agent. Yeah, so I looked at those ones. Those are the two big names in world football. I had a look through through uh, the list of free agents. There wasn't too much else. Bakary Sanya's really not have a club. Yeah, no, he's, he's without a club. Uh, Chris Commons was another one who recently played for Celtic. Um, played a lot of games for Celtic, but is injured. I thought he'd be a pretty good uh, kind of midfielder for us. I would have thought, but yeah. he is injured, so he's uh, he's weighing up his future at the moment. As I as I read, so I looked a little bit closer to home and I looked at the Australian free agents. These are the ones that are really attainable, and there's not much there either. Uh, I singled out three, and the reason I singled out the next, the, uh, next one, Labano Haliti. Is because he loves scoring against the Vuck. He's a he seems to be a bogey player for us. So maybe definitely we, was. Maybe if we sign him up. He could chip in for a few goals here and there. Yeah, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't wouldn't be against that. You, then, you, your next two are interesting. <laughs> this was just for fun. Jesse Macaroonis is without a club. Do we bring him back? No. No. We could never bring Jesse back. We sucked when we had Jesse. Then Jesse went to Adelaide, didn't he? Yeah, went to and Adelaide. I, and I went from champions to suck. The only person whose guys are shot higher than James Teresi is Jesse, Jesse Macaroonis. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, drawing a line for him. The next one is kind of a joke, but also is kind of interesting. He, Billy, he's, Billy dead, he's dead set being a free agent for five years, I reckon. Oh, no, he recently played in Japan, uh, J-League. <sighs> Billy Selesky, uh only as far as a year ago back. Uh, he's 32 years old. Oh, he was... Na- no, no, he was... On his wiki, he was at the same club as Bazanich is at now. Yeah. 
I don't know whether Kofu. He, yeah, I don't know whether he played for him or not. Interesting. No, well, yeah, Wikipedia. I think Wikipedia is a pretty reliable ref, uh, reference because <laughs> it always it always has links to actually more reliable places. I thought Billy Zaleski for an injury replacement, thirty two years of age, um, can chip in in the midfield, can score a goal every now and then. That would be my vote for injury replacement. Now I'm just really just creating a name out of thin air here. But that's my idea. Fans like Billy. Yeah. I reckon it would work. He he's only thirty two still. Yep. He's a name that's been around for a very long time in this league and football. It'd be interesting to see surely there's a Macedonian that listens to our show. That knows Billy. There's a few Macedonians, and they there is quite a few, and they're very active as well. And they all know each other. That's the thing; they all know each other. Uh, there's a few more questions here. Some of them we've already covered off in this pod, such as uh, what uh, Kev does with Austin. Oh, sorry, not Austin uh, Ingham. Now that uh, Costa's back, I wanted to uh, to answer a question from a uh, listener here who. Uh, is a Wanderers fan. I know we have a, quite a few people from other clubs who did listen to our podcast and maybe want a bit of an insight as to as about the the uh, the Victorian football landscape. This is from uh, Red Black Casper. Do you think that a uh, third Victorian team will take some of the uh, take away some of your established support, or will they attract new fans to the league? Depends where you put it. Southeast, I think, is the only one that would attract new fans. I think otherwise, it doesn't. It, you have the same kind of issues in Melbourne City. I don't think a third team in Victoria would work anyway. Probably South Melbourne. I'm yeah. still, I'm still a believer that they would work. They have a ground. Yeah. They have a history. They have the most important thing that you need in this country. And they'd have corporate backing. Yeah, they would. They would. They would have a fair bit of corporate backing. They'd have corporate backing. Uh, whether that would ca- cannibalise our fan base, don't think so. There's enough of them that stayed away from the. There's enough South people that stayed away from the victory, for it to not cannibalise us. This goes against a fair bit of what we say on the podcast a bit because I know Dave is Dave's, against Dave's it. very anti. And Dave loves rowling up these uh, these South Melbourne blokes. Oh yeah, especially on Twitter. Yeah, yeah loves absolutely it. loves it. And uh, we always get some guy SMFC Mike who listens. Oh, he's yeah notorious. Yeah, he loves fighting with Dave. Uh, yeah, I mean they would have the money behind them in terms of corporate support, but for how long? Um, I think that's an issue. Yeah, they're they're one of the teams that would work if the NPL two took off in terms of the second the second division of the A-League. Sure, sure. But yeah, third team... But not all of them would work. Third team's going to happen mm-hmm. sooner than later. Um, it has to. I can't see Victory losing fans over it though, no. Yeah, I don't think they'll lose fans, but just wouldn't attract many new ones. Um, now I'm going to uh, read out this one from NiceGary67 because it's his only tweet. Do you guys think that we should sign another backup keeper when ACL comes up? I reckon Loza won't play... A league, uh, a league match and then an ACL game and including travel. And I don't know if Acton would be ready since he hasn't played a competitive match since the one against the Jets. Uh, Lawrence Thomas is like 26 years old. He's not, a, he's not an old man. He can uh, live well, up. He can, he can manage the expectations of you know, travel and, and multiple games in one week. He'll be fine. When you think about it, at minimum, like he's going to have to back up internationally three times. That's it. Yeah. It's not the, not the worst thing in the world. Here we find, and he's a, he's a spring chicken. He's, he's completely fine. In world football terms, our season's short. 
We have a long off season. Mm-hmm. He's fine. Uh, what else we got here? Where do, yeah, this is from G Venice Eleven. Early days, of course, but where does Leroy rank among our best ever foreign signings? Now, when you think about foreign signings, one Carlos Hernandez, two Fred. Would you agree with that? I'd probably put Matthew Del Pierre above Fred. Oh yeah, yeah. Number three, Fred. Can you think of anyone else? Oh, Bessar Barisha. Yeah, true. <laughs> I just like although Fred. although we did we did take Bess from the Raw. Yeah, um, but he still counts as a Visa player, and he's been pretty good. So I'm going to put Bess in the top few as well. Okay, so would you just go back on that? Is Carlos number one or is Del Pierre number one for you? Carlos is number one. Yeah. Carlos is number one. Del Pierre is number two. Oh, I I don't like Fred. Yeah, okay. Fred went to heart, so Fred's dead to me. And small sample sample size as well. Small sample size. Um, league was really in its infancy. He did tear it up, though. He did give us some joy. Four assists in the A-League Grand Four Final. Four assists in the A-League Grand Final. Uh, numerous highlight moments in that season he'd be a top five okay so let's say let's put him five so carlos machu bessart fred is that it darmatre always was pretty good too Ooh, yeah but he was he was good but he wasn't i thought he like he obviously went on to bigger things yeah was he as good with us like he was good he didn't start off great he was good in the end but is leroy george better this good. This is a good question. Yeah. I like this one. This is a good one. This is good. Good topic. Um. Yeah. Yeah. He is naturally gifted. Yes. Yeah. Uh, has been a shining light in what's been a quarter of the season, which has been very, very dreary. Uh, Leroy's. We we make fun of this number forty-one greatest of all time. That's undisputed. If we can if we can hold Leroy for a couple of years and he stays at this level, which would I which I can see him doing, uh, he can definitely be in the top five. Needs to score a couple more goals this year. I'm gonna say sorry. I'm gonna interrupt and say he's probably apart from Carlos, he's our best dead ball. Absolutely, yeah. He's the best proponent of the dead ball. That I've seen. I still haven't seen it in the flesh though, so I'm hanging. You know what though? I said for a long time, Geek Fink was better than Ooh, Carlos Oh, jeez. There's a... Jeez. <laughs> this is such a tough question. Oh my God. I've got to take that back because, jeez, Geez. Gee was... Be- I think Gee was wow. better than Carlos. At, at dead balls. Oh, how can we forget Geek Fink? Well, he's got to be in the top as well. He's, he's got claims as a top five as well. Yeah, so the top jeez, five... Jeez, what an oversight from us then. Carlos Del Pierre, best... And then you'd probably say, you'd have to say Gee. Gee's got to be in there. Gee, he's matched, like half his free kicks were match winners. Do you count Rojas as a foreigner? You have to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with this question. I think, we've got to, I think we need to dedicate a section. Yeah. We, we, can almost, we can almost do a best foreign signing 11. Yeah, yeah. Apart, yeah, we can do that. We can't do a keeper though. I don't think we've had a foreign signing keeper. We can't do a keeper. We can just do the most foreign sounding name. Pekovic or Pekovic. something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, tough. So, so he, what was the actual question again? Does he so rank amongst he, our best? Of where well, where does where, or uh, he's not in the top five yet? 
But where does Leroy rank him up? So he, yeah, he's got, he's up there. He's, but he's knocking not, on the he's door. Not, he's not the top five. No. And I don't, based upon that list, he probably doesn't even, he doesn't get into that top five at the moment. Not yet. Or even, he'd have to put together a few years. Yeah. I yeah. said Fred at the start, but he's way down. He's way he's down. Way down. Oh wow! All right, we'll do the last one. This is from Peter MVFC. What did Negro do wrong to be dropped? Um, he did nothing wrong. He's just part of the boys' club. Well, he's not part of the boys' club. And why isn't Theo getting a start? Uh, yeah, he's not going to give Theo a start the way things are going. Maybe we should time. message Garby and get him to ask Kev. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Theo got Theo got enough time. He thought. Uh, was he was he the 88 minutes of substitution? He was an 80. As an 80. So he got a little bit of time. Kev likes Theo. You can see it. Yeah, he does. I mean, he is he just a little bit, you know, he's still getting over the Pasquale nightmare. If I give this guy too, many, too much time, does he does he get poached before I can actually get any you know, real productivity out of him in any kind of, uh, you know, I just reckon prolonged. Kev, Kev's like really conservative and I think he's just starting to give him a little bit of rope. Mm-hmm. And I reckon he's trying to figure out his personality to see if it's going to go to his head or he's going to drop off in intensity or how hard he wants to work because Kev doesn't like the... Um, he's got a real no-dickhead policy. Yeah, I actually had a conversation with a mate uh, last week about, you know, when you look at the current batch of youngsters that we've got, and we've got um, Thea Harris, McGilp, Hope, Waring, and the one who's thriving at the moment is Thea Harris. And he had a theory that... It, He's just a young, ethnic teenager. He's got all the confidence in the world. The other kids, you know, they come in, they might be a bit over, overawed or overwhelmed by the, the occasion. This guy's just an arrogant little wog kid who comes in and does stepovers and all this kind of stuff. He's actually really good. He's, he doesn't play with any kind of fear. He's just this arrogant kind of ethnic kid, and that's what you need. You know, out of suburb, Melbourne, ethnic wog kid. The fucking balls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Negro, yeah, he's unfortunately... He's not going to crack the first 11 again unless there's injuries or um, international breaks, which I don't think there is another one for quite a while, probably until March or something like that. So uh, he'll be a squad player at best. At least he's on the bench now. He's figuring in the uh, the first 14. So he's I'm getting on that. the plane. Yeah. He's at least getting on the plane. Exactly so. right. So that's uh, that's good enough. Let's look ahead now. Thanks to everyone for those questions. Let's, let's look ahead to the match preview on Thursday night. It's only about you know, three days away now. Mm. Three, four days away. Up against Newcastle. Uh, they're our former bogey side. I say that because we have uh, been unbeaten in five of our last six against them, which is uh, something new for us. We're not usually that good against Newcastle. Um, however, the Jets are much improved this year, currently sitting second on the ladder, lost to Sydney FC. They would be first if they won against Sydney FC. Uh, they are scoring at will. They've scored 16 goals this season. We've only scored eight, so our defence will be under siege. I think, though, we're up to that challenge because we're pretty rock solid in defence, um, bar the obligatory you know, one mistake from Thomas Deng every every week. He did. He made another, another mistake on Sunday. Didn't cost us. He did slip at a crucial time. He just has those little... Fades. There's a few slips. I saw I saw a few posts going around that the, um, the kit man needs to get the... Um, the studs or yeah. the studs right or did they water the pitch before the game uh listen i'm, I'm a bit confident about this one we are unbeaten in our last five we're, unde- we are. we're undefeated yeah last so last defeat was to sit there in the in the derby so i haven't lost in quite a while um yeah it's it's interesting cost of returns so we would expect him to slot straight back in i uh he would have had you know quite a bit uh 
of a workload over the last couple of weeks going to Peru, where unfortunately they lost. They'll never really get a chance. Um, but he's back. Does he make a difference? He needs to. He should. Uh, we're coming up against our old man, Daniel Georgievsky. And Ernie Merrick and yep. Nabu. Yeah. Speaking of arrogant ethnics. Oh, he's Naboo. good, Andy Nabu. I <laughs> love Andy Nabu. Uh, another little, a little, another little shit who's probably been one of the hot players of the um, hot players of the league this season. Who generally like to score against this us? Uh, yeah, score against this uh, for his old club is Dimi Petrados. You want to talk about another cocksure ethnic kid? Dimi <laughs> Petrados is probably the benchmark in the league at yeah, the moment. He's been pretty good. They've got some ripping names in this team. Yeah, they lost. They lost Vargas, and they haven't really skipped a beat since then. No, so it's been um, pretty good because I thought they. I think Ernie Merrick thought their season was shot once he went down. But then you've got um, you've got a young kid in Champness who's been doing really well. Dimi Petrados is killing it. Ben Kanarovsky is probably in his career best form. Mm-hmm. You've got. Really decent back four with uh, Vujica, Topol Stanley, Bogard and Georgievsky. I don't know how he's done it, but New- when you read Newcastle's 11, they're really fucking rock solid, man. They're really yeah. good. But I, um, I'm confident. All you need to do sometimes is knock a bogey off and break a duck, and we've done that. So we should be marching into this one with our heads held high full of steam. Georgie FC, yeah, he's back. Or we're playing against him. It's a shame that we don't have him. I heard did hear some mail about Georgie FC. I heard some good mail about Georgie mm. FC, some reliable mail. Yeah. Well, shall we say pushed, not jumped? That's enough. Forced. Forced. Yeah. Insulted. Insult, yeah. Insulted. Yep. Insulted is probably the way to go. He's going to have a point to prove. Yeah. A yeah, yeah. big point to prove. Against one person in particular. Yes. Who uh, may be standing on the sidelines and is really against subbing people. <laughs> <laughs> Read into that what you will. Yeah. We, di- we didn't say anything. Um, final predictions. Give me a final prediction. One nil to us. I think we have the capabilities to beat them. I'm back on the victory train. I'm back on the positive Positivity I training. trust our defence. However, five-day break coming from Perth, flying straight there, um, the routine's out of order. And I think we'll put up a fight, but I think we'll lose narrowly or draw. We won't win this one. I'll be but it'll be gallant. It'll be gallant effort. I'll be, ha- I'll be happy to win this one because I don't like our chances in Wellington. Mm-hmm. Um, always seems to be this block. In Newcastle? New- yeah. No, no, no. I don't... Oh, Wellington's afterwards. afterwards. Oh, so, yeah, Jesus Christ. I'm pretty sure that was when we had a really crap spell last year too. It was Newcastle midweek and Wellington. Why are we playing on the Thursday night? I heard it's because there's, there's a V8 supercars in... <laughs> Bloody hell. Um, just don't... If, if the V8s are there, just don't play in Newcastle that weekend. Yeah, just I just don't want to think about this. Uh, Thursday night, 1-0. Vark Bessie's going to score. He's... He's there when we need him. Yeah. I will just go the... Uh, I'm going to go nil or draw because I think our defence will hold up. But I don't think... Uh, I think some of our players will be a little bit tired after a taxing couple of weeks. Uh, we'll leave it there. Um, thanks for coming in, buds. No dramas. Dave will be back next week, I believe. Uh, uh, we're going to be joined by Nadia next week as well. 
Oh, we lock her in. Yeah, we locked her in for next week. So she's going to be in next week. And I'm announcing it now so she can't back out. She needs to bring some food or some cookies or something. Some cookies would be nice. Yeah. She makes really good victory cookies. Yeah, she's pretty good at uh, cooking in general. But we stereotype too much. She's a well, lovely woman <laughs> who's, who's uh, got many talents outside the kitchen as well. She's a ripper. <laughs> Uh, thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back next week. I'm on the work. <laughs>